Good morning. Good to see everyone. I'm Pastor Allen, if I didn't greet you earlier. And uh, this is a great Sunday to be here because we're going to talk about our vision of our church. Even if you're new and we have some new folks, uh, you'll know what we're about and what we're trying to do and why we're trying to do it. And um, hopefully you will be excited about that as most of the rest of us, hopefully all of us are, and maybe feel like you'd like to join us. Um, we, we do this at least once a year. We call it I Love My Church. And uh, specifically, we're talking about your church today. So when we say I love my church, we mean you. It doesn't mean this building. It doesn't mean some organization called Smithsburg Valley. Uh, it means you. And the reason this, <laughs> what we do, works is because of you. Without you, I'd just be sitting up here talking to an empty room, I guess. Uh, kind of strange. Uh, so because of you, this works. You've embraced the vision. You're excited about the vision. You've committed to the vision. You give time, energy, and money to the vision. And not just to, to do it, but to do it with excellence. Anything we do for God, we should do with excellence. Especially when we understand why we exist and why we do what we do. See, all churches have volunteers. A church can't exist without volunteers. But I like to say we have engaged leaders. We have people that are excited, that are, are involved, that are, they are giving their best and uh, committed to, to, to the vision. Now Jesus gave, gave the church, his followers, a mandate when he left this earth. And many of you might be familiar with that. He said, go into all the world and make disciples or make Jesus followers people that will follow me. <clears throat> and so, whatever we do, that's, that's got to be part of it. That's what we've got to be about. So there should always be people in all phases of that following Jesus thing. People that aren't following yet. They're just kind of checking it out, trying to figure it out. Is this something I want to get involved with? And maybe somebody's just kind of sticking their toes in, trying to, well, let me try this a little bit, see if uh, this is something that works for me. And then all across the spectrum, of course, some of you have been doing this a long time, as I have, and uh, you're, you're all in, have been all in for a long time. Another way to say it is to draw people to Jesus. So whatever we do, that should be part of what we do, is to draw people to Jesus, as opposed to push people away from Jesus. Now, part of the problem with traditional churches, it tends to push people away from Jesus, right? Do you see people flocking to church? You don't, because it's not something there that they're interested in, something they're engaged in. So the question is, how effective are we at doing this, <laughs> drawing the people to Jesus? And if we're doing stuff that's not effective, we need to stop doing it. We need to figure out other things to do to be more effective at doing that. And we want people to understand when they come that we have something to give them. In fact, we have the greatest thing in, in, in the universe to give them. We have uh, an opportunity for them to connect with a with Almighty God, the living God, and have their lives changed and transformed. And so we have that to offer to people. Uh, so we have a, f a fantastic gift. And uh, we're not expecting anything back. In fact, we just said, we don't want your money, right? <laughs> uh, we want you to come and receive this gift. Now, <clears throat> way back 2,000 years ago when Jesus uh, left, the church got started. They did a good job. And... Uh, uh, we're extension of that 2,000 years later. But they had this problem. 
most of the uh, early followers, Jesus was a Jew, the disciples were Jews, a lot of early followers were Jews. So it just seemed logical, if you wanted to become a Jesus follower, you had to become a what? A Jew, okay? <laughs> because all the Jesus followers were Jews. Well, as time went on, there was a lot of non-Jewish people that became Jesus followers. So there began this, this conflict in the church because become a Jew was really complicated and difficult. They had over 600 laws or rules you had to follow. I don't know about you, but that seemed pretty complicated to me. And so, do we have to be Jewish to become a Jesus follower or not? <clears throat> so this went on for about 20 years. And they had this conflict in the church. And sometimes we think we shouldn't have conflict in church. Well, the early church had conflict. Conflict isn't necessarily bad, as long as you resolve it. And so they called this first church-wide meeting. It was in Jerusalem. And all the bigwigs, all important people, came to this meeting. Again, this is 20 years after Jesus. And uh, Peter gets up. He's really a big wig, right, in the church. Uh, he was one of the disciples. He gets up and says, well, <clears throat> you know, some people said, well, you got to become Jewish. And some people first. And other people said you didn't. And he said, well, I used to believe that way. And then I had this encounter with this guy named Cornelius. And he wasn't a Jew. And he was a really committed Jesus follower. In fact, God gave me this vision saying, hey, don't you dare call something un unclean that I call clean and so I used to believe you had to become Jewish first but now I don't and then of course Paul he's a big he's a big wig back then and he was starting churches and most of the churches he started had a bunch of people that weren't weren't Jewish they were Gentiles and uh, this was a big deal for him and his church planning uh, and really important and he got up and said I don't think it's necessary you don't have to become Jewish to become a Jesus follower and so they had this debate and they had this conversation and they finally came to the decision. They gave them two rules. And I won't cover them today. We covered this back in January. Just gave them two, two rules to follow. All right? <laughs> and, and so you didn't have to become Jewish. And so this thing called the church uh, was something brand new. And that was a series we did at the beginning of the year. It was something brand new. It wasn't an extension of Judaism. It was something brand new. And it was for everybody. And you didn't have to become Jewish. In fact, unless you were Jewish here this morning, and most of us aren't, um, you and I were at stake. The fact that we were going to become a Jesus follower, we have to become Jewish first. And then James gets up, and evidently he was like the top, top dog back then. Uh, he was the brother of Jesus. He wasn't a Jesus follower during Jesus' lifetime. As we talked about last week, if your brother said he was God, you wouldn't believe him, would you? And neither did James until Jesus rose from the dead. And after that, he became all in. He was a leader of the church. And so he got, he got to speak last. And so I'm just going to put two verses out of the Bible where he gets up and speaks. He said, when everybody else had finished talking, James gets up and says, brothers, listen to me, all right? Pay attention. And then he says, it's my judgment, my opinion, uh, my view, and I'm, you know, I'm a pretty important guy, so important to listen to me. And probably what I think is probably a pretty good idea. He said, my judgment is that you should not make it difficult you shouldn't have to make Gentiles follow 600 plus rules. <laughs> shouldn't make it difficult for those who are turning to God. Should be as easy and as simple as possible. And that should be the filter for all that we do as a church, right? Uh, we shouldn't make it difficult. The way we program, the way we spend our money, not to make it difficult, make it as easy as possible for people to turn to God. And then we put this on the screen at the beginning of our announcements. Every Sunday, right? We are a church that unchurched people love to attend. That sounds really good, right? 
But it's really hard to do. Because we don't see a lot of unchurched people flocking to churches. Uh, nothing should get in the way of somebody to, to come to Jesus or follow Jesus except one thing. And that's who is Jesus. And we talked about that last week. That's the only thing. Nothing else. The way the building looks, the way we dress, the way we talk, etc., uh, etc. Et Nothing else should get in the way of somebody coming to Jesus except for the fact you've got to figure out who Jesus is. Was he the Son of God? Was he the Messiah? Was he our Savior or not? It's the only thing. So this morning I want to talk about how we try and do this. And uh, you're all part of that, or unless some are guests, but everybody else. You're, you're part of that. <clears throat> And that's one of the reasons we love our church. And it's different than most churches, as most of you know. Because you are our church. So as you embrace this, that's what we become. Now one thing we, we talk about a lot around here is this. Following Jesus makes your life better and makes you better at life. We really believe that. The reason we believe that, we've seen that. In fact, that's our testimony for most of us, Right? Now, we understand we come to God by grace. It's a free gift. None of us deserve it. God loves us anyway, and he accepts us just as we are. That's the way we all come. But then following Jesus makes our life better. And our goal is to try and convince you of that. And so we talk about that. We say, you know, as a Jesus follower, uh, I'm a better husband. Um, so my marriage is better. As a Jesus follower, I'm a better parent. So my family is better. As a, as, as a Jesus follower, if I did the things Jesus said, you know, I'm just a better person, a better person in society. I'm a better employee, uh, uh, wherever you might work. And uh, <clears throat> we really believe that. Now, you don't have to be a Jesus follower even to try these things out. We, we, we tell you that. And we'll give you an example here in, in a few minutes. So here's where I want to focus this morning. I'm going to focus on this mandate. And that's this. Assume there are guests in the room. That means not Jesus followers or not anybody connected to our church. It might be a Jesus follower, but they're not connected to maybe any church, but certainly not our church. <clears throat> and so we say, if you're not a Jesus follower, we are delighted that you're here this morning. Because we are. Because that's our goal, to assume there are guests in the room. This is a big, big deal, and most churches don't get this right. Most churches function around who? The people that are there, right? Because <laughs> they're there. And that's easy to do, and, and it, we have to focus on this and concentrate on this. And it's so easy to get what we call a we-they mentality, or we-them. <clears throat> we are here, they're not here, they're doing something else this morning. We do this, or don't do this, but they do this, or don't do that. <clears throat> so it's really easy to get this we-they mentality. In fact, we even we may begin talking negatively about people that aren't here, you know, Whatever it might be. But I think there's a Bible verse. In fact, I know there's a Bible verse that says you shouldn't talk negatively about anybody, right? Isn't that right? Nod your heads. <laughs> there's a verse that says that. So we shouldn't talk negatively about anybody. But it's, it's, it's bigger than that. It's better than that. Why we shouldn't do that is because there's very little difference between us in here and them out there. There really is, right? We all get up, go to work, take care of our families, pay our bills, you know, try and have purpose and meaning in our life, Right? Everybody, everybody tries to do that. <clears throat> some of us with Jesus, some without Jesus. Uh, we all screw up. We all mess up. We have to deal with those, try and fix those. So it's really a bigger we than it is a, a us and them. 
we all together uh, are trying to be better at life and do life better. So let's try and answer three questions under that mandate, assuming guests in the room. First, what do they see? When a guest comes, what do they see? All right, now, it's hard for us to have been here a long time to understand that. And so I love talking to people who come the first time if they give me a contact, way to contact them and say, hey, tell me about your experience. And this is stuff they'll tell me, what they saw, what they heard, and what they experienced. So we'll go through one at a, one at a time. First one, what do they see? When a guest comes, what do they see? Did the facilities look like we're expecting guests and their children? Let me ask you a simple question. When does your house look the nicest? If somebody, if you, probably somebody more important than me. If I'm coming to your house, I don't know if you, if, what you would do. But if somebody more important than me, whoever you consider that, some politician or some sports figure or just somebody really important, maybe your boss at work, and uh, he's coming to your house. What's your house going to look like? You're going to clean it up, right? You're going to make it look the best because you're expecting guests. If nobody's coming over, hey, it doesn't matter if dishes are done or not, right? But if you're expecting guests, the house is going to look as best as it can. So, consequently, if you're part of our church, we're all on trash detail, for example. Walking in the parking lot, there's trash in the parking lot, pick it up. Um, I came in this morning early and uh, I was walking around the sanctuary. There's a piece of trash on the table back there. I just picked it up. I didn't even think about it. I don't like to see trash. I like the place to look nice because this is our home in some respects, right? This building. We're all in trash detail. If you go in the bathroom, there's no paper towels. Go find some paper towels. Or find somebody that knows where the paper towels are. If there's some spill someplace, sometimes there'll be a spill in the hallway and I'll, I'll see it and I'll go to clean it up, but usually somebody else has beat me to it. And they're already on it. That's because we have this idea, this is our house, and we have guests, we're expecting guests, we want it to look the best. In fact, we had an architect come, um, and all he does is churches, all he designs is churches, and he came into our building, this was years ago, and he said, you know, your church is really neat and clean. Implying that what? Most churches aren't. They just aren't. You get used to junk around and so forth. Now, you need to help us with this. You need to help us say, hey, this is out of place or, or clean this up, etc. Again, why? Because this is our house and we're expecting guests. So we want it to look, and their children. And of course, that's why we do a big, <laughs> a big deal with our children's ministry, right? Because if the kids are comfortable, if the kids are excited, the kids are having fun, the parents are happy, right? Parents, right? Or grandparents in my case. All right, so what do the facilities look like? Secondly, <clears throat> you guys see themselves. You guys see themselves. The reason people get connected to a church or like a church is because there's people there they connect to. And we connect easily, easily I don't know if that's a real word, <laughs> most easily with people like us, right? So if you're a single mom, for example, or a single parent, the person you're going to connect with the easiest is another single parent. Grandparents, connect to grandparents. Now we all connect somewhat to everybody. If you're single, you know, you're going to look around, are there any other single people around? Uh, it goes to financial status. You know, if we had all uh, Lexus and BMWs in the parking lot and you were driving a Ford, you might feel uncomfortable even in a parking lot, right? You drive a pickup truck, there's no pickup trucks. Hey, there's nobody there like me. I'm, you know, I like my truck. It goes to ethnicity. And part of the problem is in our 
society or our culture is, you know, it's a minority of ethnicities. And I love it when we get people of other uh, ethnicities because once you, once you get a couple, then you can get, get, get more, right? So you're looking for people like you, whether, whatever that means, so you can connect with them. So do guests see themselves? You know, families with kids. We got a lot of those. <laughs> family with kids. And so, yeah, you feel comfortable because there's other families with kids. So what do they see, the guests, when they come? Second question. What do they hear? What do they hear? And not just what they hear here because they hear about here before they come here. Does that make sense? <laughs> a lot of you, before you ever came here, whether it's on the website or something, you're going to find out what's here. So do we have a good reputation in the community? In fact, you may have went to some place in the community, to the grocery store, and say, hey, do you know anything about that church down the, down the street? What kind of reputation do they have? What comes to people's minds when they hear the word Smithsburg Valley Church? What comes to mind? Now, it's amazing to me how many people, even in our community, you know, I'll find out my pastor and say, where? And I'll tell them the name of the church. And say, where is that? <laughs> I mean, we're on a main road, right? <laughs> but people can go by here and still not even realize we exist. So another way to ask that question, are we stakeholders in the community? Now, I want to brag on you folks a little bit. We have done such, such a much a better job in the last few years of this than we ever have before. And some of us have been around here a long time. I mean, think about it, three or four years ago, we weren't involved in any of these things, like uh, Micah's backpack, where we helped feed kids in the school. Um, the Odyssey Race, we've been doing that for a few, few years. If you want to help this Friday, late afternoon, early evening, uh, these runners coming through here, we, we, we are, we're an aid station, as I've said. And, and what's unique about our aid station, we give away everything free. Uh, most of the other aid stations, people have to pay for food and water, drinks and stuff. We just give it all away. And that's because you guys are are gracious with your, with your finances, we can do that. But we want just to love on these people. Why? One of the reasons is we want to have a good reputation. We want God to have a good reputation here, right? Um, other things we've done, we've moved uh, our trunk or treat off-site. We had hundreds of, uh, of kids and, and dozens of families come that wouldn't come here if we had that uh, on site. Uh, we did the Night to Shine back in February. Uh, gave us really good uh, uh, credit in the community, didn't it? Uh, we just offered this prom to the special needs community. I don't think we actually, any new families came to our church, but we had a good reputation. Oh yeah, that's that church that did the, did the night, night to shine. So the question is, is the community glad that we exist? Are they glad that we're here? Um, do we have a good reputation in the community? Second question. Is the communication engaging? One of the biggest sins we can commit is to make God, Jesus, the Bible, church, boring. All right? And hopefully I'm not boring, but if you want to make sure you don't see boring, go back to the children's ministry. <laughs> it gets crazy back there from what they, what they tell me. It's engaging. It's fun. It's enjoyable. Really, one of my pet peeves is to watch some of these preachers on TV and they get so angry and their face gets red and they're yelling at the TV screen. <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, that's really attractive. I really enjoy listening to somebody yell at me. 
Uh, is it engaging? Is it uh, fun? Is it enjoyable? And a follow-up question to that is, is the content helpful? So when I get up here and talk, am I giving, telling you something, hey, this is going to make my life a little better on Monday or Tuesday? going to make me a better parent, better, better person, uh, more happy about myself, find more purpose and meaning in life? And hopefully give you something to do. See, religion isn't about just believing stuff. It's about doing stuff. Doing, as we say, doing life together. And I'll say, even if you're not a Jesus follower, try these things, all right? They'll even work for you not a Jesus follower. They, they work better if you are, but they work better. They'll work. Give you a good example, the golden rule. You tell you folks, this is kind of back in my mind all the time when I'm approaching a situation. Do unto others like I would want them to do to me or how I'd want them to treat me. That, that, that goes a big, you can get through a lot of situations just on that one simple principle. And that comes from Jesus. And that'll work. Works for everybody. So is the content helpful? helpful? And third question is this. What do they experience? Okay, they come and see. They come and hear. So what is their experience like? I think it boils down to this. Are we likable? Are we likable? The fascinating thing about Jesus was everybody, well, it's not everybody, (laughs) All the unchurched people loved Jesus, didn't they? They all loved him. He got, they liked him. They got along with him. Some of the church people didn't get along with him very well. <laughs> but, but all the unchurched people did. Now, so the question is, if we as a church and you as, uh, I as individuals, the people out there like us. Because for the most part, unchurched people, do they like church people? No, we're kind of unlikable. And one of the reasons is they think we're really judgmental. And so it's really important that we be not, not be judgmental. Evidently, Jesus wasn't. <laughs> and he hung out with the bad guy, folks, the, the sinner, sinner types. So are, are we genuine? Are we real? Can people relate to us? I don't get up here and say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm a goody-goody, and I'm better than you are. I get up here and tell you, no, I screw up just like everybody else. That's okay. God still loves me. In fact, he's even better than that. He helps me. Uh, do we show respect for the values and views of our guests? This is huge. Again, this goes to that judgmental thing. Your view, everybody's views and values make sense to them, right? Whatever your views and values are, and some of them are going to be different than mine, they make sense to you. That's why you have them. That's why you hold them. So if you've got different values and views than I do, and I'm struggling with that, whose problem is that? It's mine, right? <laughs> so my goal is, hey, well, I wonder why you, you believe that. Why, why do you act that way? Help me understand. So the church, our church, should be a, a place, should be a space that everybody's welcome, no matter what their views and values are. Besides, can you force anybody to believe what you believe? Can you? Nobody can force me to believe what they believe. And so, nobody has any obligation to believe what I believe. Think about it this way. <laughs> if you're a Jesus follower, do you have any obligations to follow the Koran? Or Buddhist, Buddhist teaching? Do you have any obligation? Of course not. Why? <laughs> 
because <laughs> you're not Muslim or Buddhist. And so if somebody's not a Jesus follower, they're not a Christian, uh, do they have any obligation to believe and, 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 and do the stuff or not do the stuff that we do? Of course not. <clears throat> now, our invitation is that you become a Jesus follower and start holding those views and values. But until then, we have no obligation. In fact, Paul put it this way. He said, it isn't my responsibility to judge outsiders. So if I'm a Jesus follower, I have no obligation. It doesn't make any sense for me to judge somebody that's not a Jesus follower. But it certainly is our responsibility to judge those inside the church who are sinning. So, you know, if I'm messing up, come, you know, come tell me, hey, a Jesus follower shouldn't be doing that, and vice versa. But again, what do most people out there think about people in here? That we're the most judgmental people in the world. Again, but it'd be foolish to try and expect people that aren't Jesus followers to act like Jesus followers. And so, hopefully we don't. Another way of saying is this. We should be attractive, not coercive. Again, go back to the likable thing. Think about yourself. If you're a Jesus follower, again, if you're not, we're glad you're here. But if you're a Jesus follower, how did you come? <laughs> was it because somebody was being coercive? No, something was attractive. Something was appealing. Something drew you. That's how you came. Paul, another place, writes it this way. God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance. So we should be the kindest people on the planet. Because that's what draws people. One more question under what did, did they experience? Did we respond quickly, directly, and personally? Example, if you brought a child here today and, and they fell and hurt their knee, did we come and uh, take care of their knee first and then come talk to you about it, what happened and why it happened, et cetera, et cetera? Something else, some other, uh, something else happened that was confusing or didn't understand or didn't go well. Did we deal with it quickly and directly and personally? The reason some of you are here, probably most of you are here, because this place felt personal. We don't want to be someplace that's impersonal, do we? So again, quickly, three questions then. First, we assume there's guests in the room. So what do they see? What about the facilities? Do they see people like them? What did they hear? Was it engaging? Was it fun? Was it enjoyable? Uh, and what did they experience? Did it feel personal? Because you are the church, not a building. You are. So you are our church, consequently, right? Because <laughs> you're the ones that are here. And so the extension of that is you are our ch your church. It's your church. And we as a church will never be better than you. Can't be, can we? And people out there may not agree with us, but they hopefully are glad that we, we are here. That we are part of this community. That we contribute something. What, to people, society, whether they're Jesus followers or not. So that question goes back to what we started with. Will we be a church that unchurched people love to attend? And I want to thank you all, <laughs> those of you that are regular attenders, for the job that you do. You, you probably don't realize how unique we are and how good a job we do. And every time we show a baptismal 
uh, video and baptize somebody and they tell their story. This is the exciting thing. You're a part of that story because you helped make this church the church it is. So to do that, we need tons and tons of engaged people or volunteers. So we're going to pass out our volunteer card. We did this uh, last spring. And this is what it looks like. And we're going to give everybody one. If you're a first-time guest, you don't have to fill out one. You can if you want. Uh, but if you've been here more than a few times, we want every, our goal is 100% participation. Everybody doing something. You know, it's a lot easier to get stuff done if everybody's doing it than if just a few people are doing it, right? And we want everybody committed to, to the vision. So put some contact information on there. There's some suggested things you can volunteer for. If you don't put anything in your card, just put your name and phone number on there and somebody will call you and have a conversation with you and say, hey, uh, how can we help you get engaged? What are your likes, dislikes, what do you like to do, etc.? Again, Friday, we need a couple more volunteers even for Friday night. So if you're free this Friday or think, you're, think people know you're coming but they don't, write that on there. Odyssey race, that's what's happening Friday. Write that on your card. Um, as you're doing that, we're going to show you a video of some, some of the people in our church that, that do volunteer. And they're going to talk a little bit about their experience. <clears throat> Hi, my name is Erin and I work in a cafe here at Sister Valley Church. I love working at the cafe because I get to meet all the new faces and the ones that come every week. And we get to catch up and learn about each other before we go to service. And it just creates a big community here. And it's greatly impacted me because my family has felt the connection that we've made with everyone from working at the cafe. Hi, my name is Dennis. I'm one of the greeters here. I take kids on wagon rides up to the front door. When I first volunteered to be a greeter and to pull the wagon and see the kids, I did it for them. But now, no matter what my week is like, every Sunday morning, I get to see the joy on a child's face. Hi, my name is Jeff. I work in the back. I work on doing the sound and lights during the service. I really enjoy doing that and help facilitate the better experience when you're worshiping and listening to the sermon, and that's definitely good. Hi, my name's Billy. I teach the middle schoolers here at Smithsburg Valley. Um, it's kind of a big deal to me, mostly because anytime we're bringing God's Word to a person, it, it has to be done with delicacy and, and strength at the same time, and I feel it's especially important that the middle schoolers, uh, where you're in such a time of, of transition and growing that uh, it's really challenged me to step up to the plate and become uh, a better follower of Christ. It's just been a, it's been a huge challenge to me and a blessing to me at the same time. Okay, so you got your card. Uh, if you're not quite sure, like I said, just put your name on it. Somebody will call you and have a conversation. Uh, we've had a great last couple of years. Uh, we want this year to be greatest ever and it takes you um, some some folks are up front like us a lot of people are behind the scenes and uh, but church cannot happen without you and we think everybody should be a part we we'll start a series we teach in series I'm gonna start a series next week called life apps and it's talking about word app stands for application right so church isn't just about stuff we believe it's about stuff we do and so we're gonna talk about five different applications or things we need to do as Jesus followers. Uh, but part of that doing is being Jesus' 
hands and feet, serving people, making their experiences positive. So they will want, they'll be drawn, they'll want to um, follow Jesus. So I'm going to pray, then they're going to be led in another song, and during that song we'll collect your cards, both your connect cards as well as your volunteer cards. All right, and then I'm going to let you go. So let's pray. Father God, thank you. We thank you for the opportunity we have to be your church and to serve people. And actually, that's where, the, where it gets fun. Uh, I thank you for all the many volunteers we have. I can't thank you enough, God. And they make our church uh, the church it is. And there's some folks here that, that didn't need to be, be part of the team, part of the process. It'll help them grow. It'll make us more of the church you want us to be. Um, it'll be a win-win. Um, so God, just direct the folks here. Maybe they, they've stepped aside for a while and not done much, and maybe it's time for them to get re-engaged. Uh, maybe somebody that's, uh, that's doing something wants to step it up. Um, God, this is your church. These are your people. Uh, I want to pray for anyone here that's not a Jesus follower. Uh, we think it makes your life better and makes you better at life. And we've just challenged you to just put your toes in. Just, just, just start uh, just checking it out. Um, Jesus said, come follow me. Then he said, believe, not believe first. Just, just come follow, check it out. And hopefully you'll come to believe. Uh, we can do that because of what you, God, have done in sending Jesus to earth to die for us, to forgive us for our sins and allow us to be connected with you. Um, we pray for these decisions this morning, God, for your honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen.